You're listening to What's New with Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far-off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. This podcast is supported by Tools and Weapons, the podcast hosted by Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Each episode features insight you won't find anywhere else from the center of the conversation surrounding emerging technologies like AI. Right now on the podcast, you can hear a special episode where Brad Smith lays out Microsoft's vision for a vibrant marketplace driving the new AI economy. To hear more, follow or subscribe to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Spoken Edition of Wired. In a recent episode of MacGyver, Angus, that's what his really close friends call him, builds a Leiden jar with some very simple components. Of course, there is some awesome physics here, so I'll obviously go over it. Full disclosure, I'm currently the technical consultant for the MacGyver show. A long time ago, humans were just starting to figure out this whole electricity thing, in particular the study of electrostatics. The Leiden jar was originally used to store electric charge after some rubbed object is charged, like your socks in the dryer. There were two common variations of the Leiden jar. For version one, two pieces of metal around a glass cup. One piece of metal sits inside the cup and one is on the outside. However, for version two, the inside metal is replaced with water. Yes, you can replace the metal with water as long as the water is an electrical conductor. Most water conducts electricity, but you could add a little salt just to make sure. But how does it really work? Well, really, the Leiden jar is just a capacitor. That's all. The simplest capacitor contains two parallel metal plates with nothing in between them. If you add charge to one of the plates, this will pull the opposite charge onto the other plate assuming there's a path for the charge to get on there. In this example, there's a charge of plus Q on one plate and negative Q on the other with an electric potential difference of delta V. The ratio of charge on just one plate to the rate potential difference is defined as the capacitance. However, it turns out that the value of the capacitance only depends on the physical configuration of the device. In this case, that means the size of the plates their separation distance, and the material that is in between them. Even though a Leiden jar is in a different configuration, it basically works the same way. The outside metal can be grounded simply by holding it with your hand or running a wire to a metal water pipe. When you bring a charged object, like a plastic pen that you rub in your hair, near the metal in the middle, this will add charge to the water and draw the opposite charge to the outside metal. It's possible to get this up to fairly high voltage since the glass in between the water and metal acts as an insulator. Let me point out that making videos about this kind of stuff is one of the best parts of working with the MacGyver writers as the technical consultant for the show. Most of the hacks in MacGyver are at least scientifically plausible, but many of them you actually shouldn't try at home, like jumping out of a three-story window with a fire extinguisher and a body bag. Other hacks could have a home version, and that's what you get – 
everyone should play with stuff at some point. So what can you do with this Leiden jar? Well, how about making a spark? First, ground it, either hold it or connect it to ground, and then rub something to get a charge. Plastic on wool will work. Touch this plastic to the metal in the middle and repeat until you get tired. Now, bring a wire from the outer foil to the metal nail in the middle and you should get a nice spark. You'll get a small spark on a humid day. If it's dry, it'll work better. If you prefer, you can shock someone, but that will kind of hurt. Now, it might seem like you could just measure the value of a capacitor as easily as you could find the resistance of a resistor. Well, it's not quite that simple. Most of the multimeters that you will see do not directly measure capacitance. But there are some that do. So how does it work? Well, I'm not actually going to explain that right now, but I will come back with another post that looks at finding the value of a capacitor. For now, I'll just say I used one of the better multimeters. My actual Leiden jar used a water bottle instead of a plastic cup. The multimeter gives a capacitance value of 1.17 nF, that's nanofarads, or 1.17 times 10 to the negative 9 farads. Is this value even legit? What if I assume that the foil wrapped around the bottle is like a parallel plate capacitor? It kind of is if you unwrap it. In that case, I can estimate the capacitance value and compare that to the meter's value. This particular water bottle had a height of about 10 centimeters and a diameter of 5.5 centimeters. That means that if I rolled out the foil, it would have an area of 0.1 meter by 0.055 m or 0.0055 meters squared. The inside water in the bottle has approximately the same area. Now, what about the separation between plates? I'm just going to roughly estimate this with a value of 2 millimeters, that's 0.002 meters. I'll guess that plastic has a relative permittivity of 2.0. Using these values, I get a capacitance of 0.049 n farads. Now, so either my bottle thickness is way off or this meter isn't giving a very accurate value or both. If I have a value for the capacitance, I'm going to use the value for the multimeter. What about the voltage? Well, here's where I can use a great trick. Air has an electric field breakdown value of around 3 times 10 to the 6 volts per meter. This is the value of the electric field in air at which it switches from an insulator to a conductor. If I can estimate the length of the spark, I can use that to get the value of the capacitor voltage. Let's say the spark was 3 millimeters. This would give a voltage of 9,000 volts. Now I just have to plug this into the energy equation and I've got a stored energy of 0.05 joules. It's not much, but it is something. I'm pretty sure you can charge up a Leiden to get a much bigger spark, probably over a centimeter, with much higher energy. There are too many questions left unanswered. Here's a list of questions for you, or me. Can you build a Leiden jar and measure the capacitance, but don't use a multimeter? What if you take a Leiden jar and measure the capacitance? Now, Remove half the aluminum foil. What should happen to the value of the capacitance? Now measure it and see what does happen. Or build two Leiden jars. Put them in series. Does the expected value of capacitor come close to the measured value? What about two jars in parallel? Can you use one Leiden jar to charge another one? And if you use a spring scale or force pro to estimate the force needed to rub a plastic rod with wool, now estimate the energy a human puts into charging this rod. How does the human energy compare to the energy stored in the Leiden jar? Or you could derive the expression for the energy stored in a capacitor. 
And finally, how about you calculate the capacitance of a cylindrical capacitor instead of a parallel plate? This article posted by Retta Lane for Wired. Hey, this is Andrew from the Spoken Edition team. I wanted to let you know that we just launched a new website at SpokenEdition.com. This new site has over 40 different shows from top publications around the web, all for free. So visit SpokenEdition.com, subscribe to a few new shows, and keep listening. Thanks. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.